Welcome to the Healthy and Happy Podcast, a workshop-style podcast hosted by yours truly, Julie Boer. I'm a blogger and holistic nutrition coach on a mission to help women live healthier, happier lives and show up as the strongest, most confident version of themselves. In this podcast, we get real about all things nutrition, fitness, and personal development to help you cut through all the BS and transform your body and most importantly, your life. Sound good? Let's dive in. What's up, my loves? Welcome back to another episode of the Healthy and Happy Podcast. I'm really excited to be here with you today because I have a question that I wanted to share that one of my clients asked, and I thought it would be so relevant and helpful for you. I know so many people, myself included in the past, have struggled with this particular scenario, and I'm just gonna get right into it. I'm just gonna go ahead and share what her question was and then the response I gave her. So she said, odd question. I've started jogging more the last couple of weeks with the nice weather. However, I'm having trouble controlling eating all the bread or having the earned it mentality. Do the cravings ever stop or is it all in my head? I loved this question and I'm going to give kind of a two-part answer. I'm going to answer that physiologically in terms of what actually happens in your body when you're exercising more. And I'm going to dive into the subconscious slash conscious slash thought pattern process that you kind of have to walk yourself through in order to change your way of thinking. I'm going to point out the language that she used in this, and we're going to use that language to dig a little bit deeper and uncover where this idea that she can't stop eating bread has come from. She's a very funny person, so when she's saying, I can't stop eating bread, she's not speaking literally like she literally cannot stop eating bread. Whether it's any kind of food, we've all felt out of control in terms of being able to regulate how much we're eating, especially during certain seasons of our life when we're really struggling with food. So hopefully you can relate to this example and learn something from the answers that I gave her. So first we're gonna talk about this psychologically because I know I've been there too. I'm like, wow, I've been working out so hard. I'm so much hungrier. I deserve so much more food. But the first thing I wanna break down is we should not use food as a reward-based system. I exercise more so I get to eat more. I restrict it all day so I can enjoy this huge meal tonight. I just got a promotion, so I'm going to eat six pounds of chocolate cake and two bottles of wine. Of course, food is something that's meant to be enjoyed. It's rewarding to eat. It feels good to eat. But when food is used simply as a reward, that's kind of when we get into the tricky restriction and overeating mindset. We reward ourselves with food. We hit a certain weight loss goal and all of a sudden we think, okay, now I can just eat whatever I want. And then we start slipping down this slippery slope, this spiral of not being able to control ourselves around food. So let's talk about this physiologically. The first question I had for her is how far are you jogging? And she answered she's been doing four or five kilometers a couple times per week. So assuming she's not running 10k or half marathon or marathon, her energy expenditure on a daily basis or the amount of calories she's burning should not increase by that much. She's not spending hours and hours doing cardio. Four or five kilometers maybe takes around a half an hour, assuming you're running or jogging the whole time. So that's about a half hour a couple times per week. And if we just look at basic science, when we cover the distance of a mile, that equates to about 100 calories burned. So if she's running 5k, which is 3.2 miles, she's burning around 300 calories. And if we're equating that to bread, that's around two pieces of bread to make up for the calories that she's missing from her energy expenditure. Physiologically, cardio or any kind of exercise naturally increases our energy expenditure, which like I said, is the amount of calories we're burning in a day. So we have a BMR, basal metabolic rate, the amount of calories we burn at rest, and then our energy expenditure on top 
top of that is things like working out, jogging, running, dancing, doing laundry, gardening, cleaning. All of those things add up to burn more calories throughout the day. And naturally, when your calorie expenditure is increasing, you're going to feel more hungry. It increases your appetite as well. This is why I never recommend people doing copious amounts of exercising or over-exercising, like spending hours a day doing cardio, because it ends up working against you. You end up feeling burnt out and exhausted. And if your reason for doing that is to try to control your weight or try to lose weight, most of the time it ends up working against you because you feel depleted, you feel hungry. So you end up eating way more than if you hadn't done hours and hours of cardio. So you end up back in the same place. And that is how you get stuck in that cycle of feeling like you need to over-exercise or make up for what you ate. I was there. It's not a good place mentally or physically to be in. You always just feel exhausted and burnt out and out of control. So when you're looking at it from a physiological standpoint and you're looking at the example of her going for these runs, I'm not saying that she shouldn't run just because she's going to want to eat more calories. Running is awesome. Exercise is awesome for your mental health more than anything. I know for me, getting outside, being outside, running, jogging, that's a way to kind of process my thoughts and emotions and listen to good music or a podcast. And it puts me in a better mood. And I understand naturally that's going to make me a little bit more hungry because my energy expenditure is increasing. So I want to make sure I'm having a balanced meal of protein and carbohydrates before and after my run. Definitely after. Sometimes I like to run in the morning before I eat because I'm one of those people who cannot run on a full stomach at all. It makes me nauseous. But making sure you're getting a decent amount of protein and fueling yourself with complex carbohydrates after your run or after a period of exercise is going to help you feel replenished. If you were to just come home and start eating bread, of course, you're going to need way more bread to feel satisfied because you're not including protein or healthy fats or anything included in there. You're just eating carbs. Carbs are very fast digesting. That's why they feel so easy to overeat and they're delicious. Let's be real. If all I was eating was bread, I could easily eat 10 slices of bread with butter. So I make sure that I'm including protein with that. I'm including healthy fats with that because that's going to make me feel more satiated, more full. From a very practical level, making sure you're having a GPF-based meal after your workout is going to replenish your glycogen glycogen stores. It's going to help you feel nourished so that you don't feel depleted and like you need to overconsume carbohydrates or anything in general. That's the physiological side. That's the very practical. Make sure you're getting enough good food in your body so that your body isn't like, give me all the bread. But whenever somebody asks me a question, I have this ability or tendency to look beyond what they're actually saying and try to figure out what they actually mean by what they're saying, the hidden meaning behind the question that they're asking. And this is where the work becomes changing the story we tell ourselves, changing and rewiring our thought pattern so that we can actually see results, so that we can actually have tangible success in whatever it is that we're trying to achieve. What it really comes down to is changing the way you think about it. The story this woman was telling herself based on her question was, I can't stop eating bread. She literally said that in the comment. I can't stop eating bread. The first thing I wanted her to explore was, is the reason you can't stop eating bread, quote unquote, because you are running, which is a new factor in your life? Or is it because you're home more? Because you're quarantined? Because you're bored? Because there are a thousand reasons that are probably more likely that she can't can't stop eating bread quote unquote, than the fact that she just started running a couple times per week. A lot of times we start to experience a thought or behavior or a pattern in the way that our habits change and we start to project that onto a specific thing. Like, oh, I'm struggling with my eating. It must be because of this person or because I started running more or because I'm stressed out at work. And that could very well be true. But I just wanted to open up her mind to the possibility that especially because this isn't the first time she's struggled with overeating, there could be a hundred other reasons beyond the running that she's experiencing the 
the feeling like she can't stop eating. Exercising is an awesome habit, and it's so easy to see how she could talk herself out of something that's amazing for her and blame it for something that's happening that might not be directly related. Had I not helped her shift this mindset, in a week or two, she could have just been like, you know what? I'm just going to stop running because I can't stop eating this bread, so I'm just going to stop running when that's not the problem. The problem is deeper than that. So that's what we're going to explore here. We are all in control of the stories we tell ourselves. So if you say, it's hard for me to lose weight, it will be. If you tell yourself, I can't stop eating bread, you're not going to be able to stop. And that's because of this thought process. Your beliefs become your thoughts, your thoughts become your actions, and your actions become your reality. So it goes beliefs, thoughts, actions, reality. In her specific example, the first thing that we need to do is some work around the belief system. When it comes to our beliefs, these are usually the underlying things that we believe to be true and we might have to do a little bit deeper of a dive to get to what these are. Most commonly with food or struggling with body image issues or the inability to make positive changes in your body or your life, I see a few common ones. Number one, the story of it's hard for me to lose weight. Number two, the story, I'll always struggle with food. I've always struggled with it and that's just how it is. And number three, deep down the belief that you're not actually worthy or deserving of living your healthiest life or getting in better physical shape, which all of these seem so counterintuitive because on a very conscious level, your conscious brain says, of course, I want to be healthier. Of course, I want to feel amazing. Of course, I want to change my relationship with food and my body and lose weight and do all these wonderful things. But your subconscious brain, your lizard brain, the one that comes up with these automatic beliefs, unless we work to change them, is wired to keep us safe. It's wired to keep us the same. And until we do the work to uncover what those beliefs are and how they're acting out in our lives, which we'll go through in this process, then we never have the opportunity to change that. Therefore, our reality never changes. So the first thing is that your beliefs, uncovering what the underlying beliefs are. If you have a story that you've been telling yourself for years and years, like it's hard for me to lose weight. I'm always going to struggle with food. I'm always going to be overweight. I'm not actually worthy or deserving of being a healthy person. Figure out what those beliefs are, which number two translates to your thoughts. So your belief become what you think about on a daily basis. If your underlying belief is, I always have struggled with food in my body and that's just how it's going to be, that manifests itself as the thought, I can't stop eating bread. It's so hard for me to stop eating. And therefore that dictates your actions. So your beliefs become your thoughts. And then when you're thinking, I can't stop eating bread, your action is that you won't be able to stop eating bread because of the combination of your underlying beliefs and the thoughts about the bread, about your inability to be successful or lose weight or believe you're deserving of living in a healthy your body. And therefore that becomes your reality. So if you think you can't stop eating bread and then your action is that you can't stop eating bread, then your reality is you don't stop eating bread, which in turn can cause you to be stuck in a body you're unhappy with, which reinforces the belief that it's hard for me to lose weight. I'm always going to struggle with food and my weight. This is just so hard for me, etc. So it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Most people are unaware of this process, this thought pattern that goes on because it's subconscious. It's happening on a subconscious level for the most part. And because of this, we are so quick to focus on the action. In this particular example, she might be thinking, oh, if I could just stop eating this bread, then I'd finally be able to control food in my body. When really nothing is going to change unless she works to rewire the beliefs and thoughts that led to the actions in the first place. 
I know we're getting a little deep here, right? She just said she can't stop eating bread. She was probably trying to be light and make a joke about it. But I see things like this all the time. I see comments in Facebook groups I'm in of people being like, oh, I just can't lose weight. I've always struggled with food in my body and not to blame them. It's just an unconscious thought pattern that is ruling their lives. And so therefore that has been their reality. And until you bring this to your awareness, until you bring this up in your conscious brain, you're never going to actually have the reality that you desire because you're self-sabotaging. You're keeping yourself stuck where you are by these underlying beliefs, thoughts, actions, and patterns that you have. Here's what I encourage her to do. And this is what I want to leave you guys with today, because this is something you can also do, whether it's an example like hers, where you're relating to not being able to stop eating bread or whatever it is, but just apply this to your own personal situation or scenario that you're going through, because I think it will be so, so helpful for you. So here's the solution. Now that we've cultivated the awareness around the thought process that's going on, let's figure out how this directly directly applies to you and your situation. Number one, you're going to journal it out to discover if there are any underlying beliefs about your body or your ability to succeed. Once you discover what they are, then you're going to decide to write a brand new empowering story for yourself and read it often. It's not enough just to uncover these limiting beliefs. Be like, cool, okay, I guess I'm always gonna struggle. You have to work to rewrite that story and you have to remind yourself of that often until it becomes your new normal. And then number two, when the thought comes up about bread or eating in general, Again, I'm using her specific example. You repeat that new empowered story to yourself. For example, if you discovered that your story was, I've always been overweight. That's just how my family is. Everybody in my family is overweight. So that means I am too. The new thought pattern or the new empowered story you can create for yourself is, it's easy for me to release weight. Or I'm someone who has a healthy relationship with food. Or I am worthy and deserving of success in all areas of my life. When the thought comes up, like, oh, I just, I can't stop eating this bread. I just want to eat this bread. You repeat that new empowered story to yourself. And then number three, which is the most important part, well, they're all important, but this one's very important because it's your actual action that you're taking. Act in accordance with this new thought pattern and belief structure. What does someone who believes it's easy to release weight do? What does someone who has a healthy relationship with food do? In that particular example with the bread, maybe she has one or two pieces of bread, but that's part of her GPF meal. She fills herself with nourishing food, but she doesn't buy into the story that she can't stop or has to eat it all right now because there's never enough. Because again, we're training ourselves to believe that there's more where that came from. We can have an abundance mentality around food because there's always going to be more. We can always have the bread again tomorrow. We don't need to eat it all right now. So acting in accordance with that new belief system and with that 2.0 version of yourself, I did a podcast about that, but it's this idea that you're acting in accordance, not necessarily with who you identify as today, but who you want to be, that 2.0 version of yourself, that higher alter ego version of yourself that you can pull from when you're lacking confidence or when you don't know the decision to make, you can say, what does a person who has a healthy relationship with food do? And then the beautiful thing about all of those is you practice them over and over and over again, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Just like the negative example becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, like you believe that you're not worthy of success, therefore you self-sabotage, therefore you never actually release weight, and therefore it reinforces the belief that it's hard for you to release weight. This can be your new empowered story. You can say, I'm someone who has a healthy relationship with food. That becomes your new belief. And then you act in accordance with that person. What does a person do who believes that she has a healthy relationship with food? She sits down and makes herself a nice big GPF meal. She fills her body with nourishing foods. She has an abundance mentality around food so that she knows she doesn't need to eat all the bread right now because there's always going to be more. She can have it at her next meal. She can have more tomorrow. She doesn't need to eat it all right now. And that is your new reality. 
Now, your new reality doesn't happen overnight. This is why it's important to be aware of this and to consistently bring this into your conscious attention so that you can rewire these beliefs and rewire these thought patterns. It does take work, but the first part is cultivating the awareness. So now that you've listened to this episode and you have the awareness around it, I would love for you to do the exercises that I laid out and let me know. Send me a message on Instagram or shoot me an email and just let me know what you discovered. Did you discover that there's a self-limiting underlying belief that's been holding you back this whole time? and therefore self-sabotaging your thoughts and your actions? And what's the new story you're going to tell yourself? What do you want your reality to be? Because you are creating your reality on a daily basis with the thoughts that you're thinking to yourself and the actions that you're taking. So it's your responsibility to learn as much about yourself as humanly possible so that you can start creating the body and life you love, the reality of your dreams. It's so possible for you. I believe that in my soul and I'm so excited to witness this new beautiful reality you're creating. Go ahead and share it with me. I'd love to hear it. And you can share your experience in our Healthy and Happy Podcast Squad on Facebook. How are you rewiring these thought patterns? She actually wrote this in our Facebook group and I responded with everything I just said so that other people can A, learn that they're not alone and B, learn from that example. So if you have an example of something you're struggling with and wanna share, I'd be so happy for you to post that in the Facebook group as well so other people can learn from you and you can learn from me. We're all learning from each other and we're all creating bodies and lives that we love. If you need a deeper dive with this, remember that this is the last opportunity to work with me before I have my baby in September. So if you are curious about what it's like to transform your relationship with food in your body, go to juliebuer.com slash coach. And I would love to chat with you to see if you're a good fit for the program. Love you so much. Talk to you in the next one. Bye. Hey, do me a favor. If you like this episode, please head to iTunes and leave a review so more people can find the podcast. Be sure to tag me on your Instagram story so I can show you some love for listening. See you soon.